Welcome to the Faith to Change Your World broadcast with Brother Chidi Aiko. Genesis chapter 11. I read from verse 1. And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shina and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Goto, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said again, Goto, let us build a city. Let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Verse 5 says, And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. Please pay attention to verse 6, which is where I'm going. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now, nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. I'm speaking on something that I call, It Begins With Your Mind. Your mind is the center point of your imagination. Your mind is the center point of your imagination. It is like your spiritual womb and the creation point of your life. Your mind. So everything you will ever become in life begins with your mind if you will fail in life it is with your mind if you will ever succeed it is with your mind so if you see in the book of genesis the bible says that the children of men were united to do something that was against god's original view when god was creating the earth Part of the things that he said when he was releasing the blessing is be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. So God originally wanted the children of men to be scattered on upon the face of the earth to multiply, to, to dominate everywhere, to fill the land. But these people were united in their own imagination. And the and the Hebrew word for, 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 for the imagination here is not something devilish. Or evil, Zaman. It, 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 it was something that was not supposed to be conceived in the first place. So they were united to do something that was against God's will of creation. And when God looked from heaven and he looked at the earth and saw what these people were doing, he had to say to his fellow entities in heaven and say, See, Let's quickly go down and scatter these people because they are united and there is nothing that will stop them from achieving what they have imagined to do. 
nothing could stop them. So only God gave the nation free to stop them because they were going against his creation, his creation plan. They were going against what he wanted to do for the with the earth. That's why he had to come down to stop them. But their evil imagination was contradicting the will of God. And if God had not stepped down, they would have achieved it. They would have built a tower that would reach heaven. They would have made a name for themselves like they wanted to do. Your imagination is your life. What you imagine to do or what you imagine to become, who you imagine to become, goes a long way to determine who you eventually become on earth. So whether it is good or bad imagination, nothing will be restrained from you that you have imagined to do or become. Now, in the case of these people, they imagined to do something wrong. And that was why, because they were going against God's plans, God's original creation plan, God had to scatter them upon the face of the earth. But if your imagination can be pure, and if you can imagine that they were united in something good, imagine that they were united to make a name for themselves in regards to something good, and their imagination was confirmed and united together, there was nothing that would ever stop them. Nothing would ever make them not realize what they had imagined to do. So, this is how powerful your mind is. And I told you that the sermon is titled, It Begins With Your Mind. Your imagination is powerful. Everything you will ever become on earth, everything you would ever do, begins from the mind. For many years, I never understood how powerful my mind was. I never understood the importance of my heart or my mind in creating. So, I never even understood that my mind had a role to play in what I was supposed to do or become. It is true that I heard the sermon or I heard the Bible verse, um, Proverbs 23 verse 7 that says, um, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So, and I recited it. Every, almost every day, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But there was no revelation in what I was saying. And I told you that there are two types of knowledge. There is the information knowledge and there is revelation knowledge. Many Christians have information knowledge, head knowledge. But they have no relationship with what they know. And until you have that intercourse with that knowledge, it does not work for you. So, revelation for many years, I was saying, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But I had no relationship with that word. So I was only saying it. I know the scriptures, information, knowledge, but there was no revelation in what I was saying. And it never worked for me. Nothing. It didn't occur to me. Why didn't it occur? It didn't occur to me because for many years, I was just on my own thinking. That as a man thinketh, so 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 is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But I never connected seriously to that. That your heart is your mind. And as you think in your mind, as you think in your heart, so are you.
if you will ever fail in life, it begins from your mind. And in the same way, if you would ever succeed in life, it begins with your mind. So I have I was just struggling in life. No headway, not going forward, not going backward, just retarding, 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 retarding until I got a, a hold of a teaching by a man in the United States called Charles Scarves. And Charles Scarves spoke extensively on the mind and your spoken word. Oh. And I came back to Proverbs 23, verse 7. Please go there. And I came back to the same Proverbs 23, verse 7 that I had been reciting for many years without revelation. I came back to it and I saw. And I saw what I had not seen for many years. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. For as he imagined in his mind, so is a man. Oh, so your mind is like your spiritual womb. And now, let me make this clear that heart and mind can be used interchangeably. Heart and mind can be used interchangeably. So, when we talk about as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We are also saying that as a man imagines in his mind, so is that man. So, who you become is who you imagine to become. And you know the funny thing? That the devil has equipped people. Even in the church. There are people that are in the church that the devil has equipped to help you see yourself in the negative light. They have been equipped by the devil and they are in the church and even outside the church to give you the wrong imagination about your life. About yourself, and you find many Christians all they imagine to do, all they imagine to become are things that are debased, things that are below what God wants them to become. And then redemption came when I saw that teaching from Charles Cash. Ah, I realized that my mind is the seat of my imagination, and my imagination is the center point of my spiritual womb. So, just like a woman who wants to give birth, a woman who wants to give birth, who first carry the pregnancy in her spiritual in, in, in her womb for, for 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 nine months, she first conceive it in her womb, then she will give birth. The same way, if you want to birth anything naturally, if you want to see a big house come to pass, if you want to see that car drive, and you driving a car that is beyond this realm. If you want to imagine, if you want to see you flying a private jet that you own, not that you borrowed or hired or that you uh, are in, but a private jet that you own, you have to first conceive that in the spiritual womb that you have. And the center point of your spiritual womb is your mind, your heart. That is where your imagination comes from. And when you can imagine, you will do. And the imagination I'm talking, I'm talking about here comes from the Hebrew word, Hagar. 
The same can be can be interchanged also with when God spoke to Joshua and said, Joshua, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night. Meditation there comes from the word Hagar. Hagar. So just conceive it. Just mutter it. Just meditate it. Just ponder it. And when I realize that this is what God can do, that if I can imagine, he will bring it to pass. As long as I fulfill what I call the faith cycle. I will talk about it as we keep going. What I call the faith cycle. If you can fulfill the faith cycle, imagination is the very center point in the faith cycle. And if you can fulfill the faith cycle, what you have spoken about or what you have imagined you would have. So before you bring forth what you want to see or what you want to become or what you want to do, before you see eventually what that thing you are planning or you are hoping for, are you hoping for a good marriage? Are you hoping for a good school for yourself? Are you hoping to travel abroad? Are you hoping to go start in the purpose of God for your life? See it first with your spiritual eyes. In the physical world, we see with our natural eyes. But if you want to see the things of the spirit, you see them with your mind. We see what God wants to do for us with your mind. So when God spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, when Lot left, God said to Abraham, Abraham, lift up your eyes and look northward, eastward, westward, look everywhere. And as far as your eyes can see, the eyes the Lord was talking about there was not the physical eyes of Abraham because if it, was, if it was only the physical eyes, Abraham would have been limited to see only the places that were around him. But the eyes that the Lord was talking about there was his eyes of faith, was his eyes of the spirit, was his mind. Conceive it, son, if you can see it as much as you can see, as far as you can see, I would give it unto you. And that was the key thing that as far as you can see it, as much as you can see it, I would give it all to you. So, you must begin to understand the importance of your mind. Check your mind. Check your imagination all these years. What have you been imagining? Nothing will be restrained from you which you have imagined to do or become whether it is good or bad as long as you imagine it you will have it in Proverbs 23 7 the Bible says that as you think in your heart so you become in Matthew 12 34 can we go there Jesus said something very striking in Matthew 12 34 Jesus said, very importantly, I'll just read the latter part, that out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaketh. So, what is in your heart is what your mouth will speak. And what are the things that you have been thinking of or meditating on? In Joshua 1.8, God told Joshua, Hey, son, begin to meditate. Meditate on these things. Meditate. And I told you that the word there, meditate. The word for meditate there means hagar. And that can also connote imagine. Just imagine. So you take a scripture from the word. 
you take a point. Allah, see back. The Lord says that the birds of the air shall carry my voice. You see, when you sit with it, and what does that mean? It depends on what it means to you. But for me, it means that the birds of the air shall carry my voice. It means that, oh, as I begin to preach the gospel, people shall take it to nations. The birds of the air shall carry my voice. In a plane, there shall be private jets flying in the air with the messages that I preach. They shall be flying in the air with the gospel and my gospel team going from nations to nations. The Bible says that the birds of the air shall carry your voice and shall tell the matter thereof so you imagine it you imagine it when the bible says that with long life will i satisfy you and show thee my salvation you begin to ponder it you begin to imagine it many years ago i was reading psalm 16 and i got i go to a place i think verse 5 there about where the lord said where the bible said uh, the lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my call that maintains my lot. And the word inheritance came up bold before my face. And I was like, what am I seeing, Lord? And the Lord said, I am your inheritance. Oh, it challenged my theology. Because all the years I've been hoping that I have to kill myself to get a reward. And that was the only way to succeed in life. Because of the rubbish theology that I've been getting. But this came bold, and even before I even discovered what I was supposed to do in God, that I am your inheritance. I didn't understand it until many years later I understood it. That God told me on this day, this time, this day, that He is my inheritance. And if God is your inheritance, there is nothing you lack. There is nothing that you lack because God is sufficient. He who has God has all. So when I saw, when God told me, and when he first told me, he came as head knowledge. But the Bible says that, and this is David, through his experience, understood that once has he spoken, but twice have I heard. Now when God speaks to you once, you hear it twice. You know why you hear it twice? The first time, it comes as information. Information. But the second time it comes, it comes as what? Revelation. So when I heard that the first time, when God said, I am your inheritance, it was information knowledge. I am your inheritance. But later, when it came again, I am your inheritance. Oh, revelation. God, I understand. And I know that I am secured in you. I am secured in you. Somebody called me to sit me down and told me, if you do this, you do this. I am only pitying your family. Your children will suffer. This one, that one, that one, this one. You better look at your steps. Otherwise, if I tell you to cast, if I cast you out from here, and your children will suffer. Hunger will kill you people. And the way he was saying it, I was looking like, God, is this what my life is about? But I didn't understand that God was my inheritance. Even though he had told me before that time that it was my inheritance, I did not know. How to translate what God has spoken to me into the real essence of what he has spoken to me about. That he was my inheritance and because he was my inheritance I would lack nothing in, on, on earth. But when it dawned on me everything that men said mattered no more. God is my inheritance. If he chooses to, to help me like the children of like the three Hebrew boys said if he chooses to help me Good, I am secured in him. But even if he does not choose to help me, I would rather die staying by him. 
am depending on men. And the more I try to take this step of faith, the more I got stronger in it. And the more I began to see that woe is you, man, that makes another man your source. So I stopped depending on men. And I got to a class where I heard Bishop David Edipo say something that if God will not do it, let it remain undone. Ah! Ah, this is what I want for my life. That I will walk with God for the rest of my life. And I will trust Him with, the, with all my life. And I will imagine the good life in Him. And anything God cannot give me, let me not have. And if God cannot do it, let it remain undone. And that is the highest height in faith. That you choose to walk with God irrespective of what happens. I learned and I began to move with him. So, your mind is key to having a destiny and fulfilling your destiny on earth. Your mind. Turn with me to the book of Romans. Chapter 8. I read from verse 6. Romans 8, I read from verse 6. The Bible says that for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. Now, why is God particular about your mind? Why did he have to say that to be carnally minded is death? It's trying to make you know that I cannot work with you without your mind. And the way I want your mind to be is to be spiritually minded. If your mind is carnally minded, there is no two ways about it. It will lead to death. First, spiritual death. Then physical manifestation of the death will happen. But if your mind is spiritually minded, oh... It will lead to peace. And the kind of peace we are talking about is not just kind of peace. It's not just peace only. When God is talking about peace, He's talking about all-round peace. Peace in your finance. Peace in your marriage. Peace in your home. Peace in your health. Peace all around you. Peace in your salvation. Peace in everything, you're, in everything you do. In your career. In your academies. Peace everywhere. To be spiritually minded is life. And peace. And when God is talking about life, He's not talking about any kind of life. Jesus explained it better when He said that I am come that He might have life and have it more abundantly. The Lord told me many years ago that, Son, I'm going to give you something that you'll be doing, and I will not talk about it now because the Lord wants me to still hold it on until the time when I'm ready. He says you are going to be doing a conference, but then there's such a thing as the more abundant life. The more abundant life. And that's what God came to give us, not just any kind of life. It came to give you the more abundant life. The more abundant life. 
I'm called to preach the gospel of inheritance. And just yesterday, like I told you earlier, a company called me from the United States to say, can we share your message on our platforms for free? Of course, go ahead and do so. Go ahead. Why? Because the Lord told me many years ago, that son, this is what you are called to do. And listen, the birds of the air shall carry your voice. Ah, okay, Lord. And then there's a prophecy that Dr. Jesse Duplantis made. He said, I might not be there to see this prophecy come to pass, but there is a group that is coming after me. There's these young people that God is preparing. And Bill said it, that God is preparing them from the backside of life. They are going to come from Africa, but they will shake the United States. They are going to come from Africa, but they will shake the world. And as I begin to see these things, I begin to imagine imagine meditate hagar imagine it walk on it meditate walk on it imagine and then god is ordering my steps and say son this is where you are supposed to go keep going we are moving in the right direction because the imagination is spiritual you cannot be imagining only to kill somebody only to steal only to, to and your, your imagination is wrong and you want to succeed in life the Bible t- tells us in Romans 8, 6 to 7, that to be carnally minded is death. So if you if your mind is carnal, there is no two ways about it. You will die. And I said it has to, it will start with spiritual death, then the physical manifestation of the death. When your mind is carnally rooted, God warns us that it will lead to death. So, we have to keep our mind stayed on God. We have to keep our mind stayed on His Word. We have to keep our mind stayed on the promises of God. And in Isaiah 26 verse 3, the Bible says something that I would never forget in all my life. That son, I will keep them in perfect peace. Isaiah 26 verse 3, I will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on me. So that will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on God. Ah, so you keep your mind focused on God. You will enjoy peace, all-round peace. What you imagine is what you will get. If you only imagine and speak poverty, you will get poverty. In fact, you will get many around you. If you only imagine and speak disease, you will get disease. If you only imagine and speak death, you will get death. If you only imagine and speak weaknesses, speak starvation, speak lack, you will get lack. You will get weaknesses. If you only imagine and speak what is not in accordance with the word of God, you will get the manifestations of the things that are not in accordance with the word of God. But a good way to keep our mind focused on God is to continuously renew it. And I will advise you to go listen to my message, Renewing Your Mind. So you see that the way we renew our mind is with the Word of God. You keep feeding your spirit with the Word of God. If you feed your spirit with the Word of God, your spirit therefore controls your soul. Your mind is renewed, renewed with the Word of God. Your mind begins to align. I told you that the renewing of your mind is an eternal process. As long as you are on earth, You will continue to renew your mind till you die. 
There is no perfect person. There is nobody that will say, Ah, I have now finished renewing my mind. I don't have to renew my mind anymore. That's a lie. As long as you are on earth, you must continue to do what? Renew your mind. So, it is in your best interest if your imaginations are in line with God's word. Many people have, by their negative imaginations and negative thoughts, sent negative energies to their surrounding and caused evil to happen around them. Hey! Hey! If you don't do that thing, the person will die, you, and before you know, the person dies. Hey! I just imagine and say, if I reach there, they go, they go reject me. And if you reach there, they will reject you. Ah! I just imagine and now say, if you finish this food now, food no go day for this house. If I finish the food, food no go day. Ah! If I, I fear now, I want to go test. They say, make a book one for test. If I go for that test now, I will show, say, I did HIV positive. Hey! I don't fear. If you get there, and they do the test, because you are imagining it, and you are even giving more power to the imagination by confessing it, you will be HIV positive. Ah, before I get this in, I will have to fight numerous battles. If you imagine it, you will have to fight a million battles just to get something. But the Bible says in Proverbs 10, 22, and I like to read it from the NIV translation, that the blessing, the blessing of the Lord bringeth wealth. It makes you well wealthy it brings you riches the blessing of the lord brings wealth and the bible says in the NIV translations that it adds no painful toy without painful toy for it so anything that will make you have to struggle struggle you see the way this u.s stuff is coming without struggles that's how god gives things to his people and it is the lack of knowledge that will make human beings start struggling, struggling just to get something. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that I, that, I, that, I, that I labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And then you come to him. Come, come here. And you come to him. And then this is it. Jesus said, give me the load. And this was the load you were carrying like this before. And Jesus said, now give me the load, son, and let me carry it for you. And Jesus collects the load. Now, how are you supposed to still be walking like this? You're supposed to now be walking normally because you now have your load collected by God. But the Christians of today are still walking like this. They are no longer carrying anything, but they are still walking like this. Ah, uh, why are you walking like that again? <laughs> but you are not supposed to be walking like that. God has collected the load, walk like a son. But no. And the annoying thing is that even in many churches, they continue to preach that you continue to have to live like that if you want to make heaven. Thank you. So, come unto me. If you are a labor and a heavy lady, and I will give you rest. And then you go to him. And then you hand over your rest, your, your troubles to him. Then if you have handed it to him, let him handle it. Don't give it to God and still be worrying again. If you gave it to God and you are still waking up in the night to worry about it, then you never gave it to God. So many people have by their own imaginations and negative thoughts send negative energies to their surrounding and this has caused evil, many evil to happen around them. But this will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. But we must learn to use our imagination in the right sense and in the right direction. 
Use the word of God to pull down the strongholds of negative thoughts and bring them. All these strongholds of negative thoughts and negative imaginations, you have to bring them to the, to the captivity of what? Of Christ. You have to make sure that they align with the word of God. If an imagination or something that you are thinking on does not exalt God and does not align with what God has said about you, cast it down. Make it align with the word of God. Why is God wanting you to listen to this? Why am I preaching this? Because the good life that you are hoping you would get in life, that dream that you have in your mind, that good health, that happy ending, that wonderful life that you are thinking begins with your mind. You can recreate your world with your mind. And I told you that the heart can be interchanged with the mind. The Bible says that with the heart, man believeth. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. There is such a thing as the faith cycle. Heart, mouth, manifest. Think, speak, Manifest. Imagine, decree, manifest. So, believe, decree, manifest. You have to imagine. The Bible says in Romans that as that that, that with the heart man believeth, but with the mouth confession is made unto what salvation. So when you first imagine it with your heart, the next step is to now do what speak it. And when you do so, you will see the manifestation of what you have asked. And your mind is the center point and the starting of your faith until it now rubs off in your spirit. For you believe with your heart. So you believe with your heart. With your heart, with your mind, you can recreate the world around you. What you become in life is largely determined by the content and quality of your mind. That's why I hate people with low mentality. People can limit God with their low mindset. And I hate to hang around people who don't understand that the quality of your mind is what will determine how far you will go in life. A group of people are talking about private jets. A group of people are talking about winning one billion souls for God. Meanwhile, there's another group of people that are talking about what are we going to eat tomorrow. Meanwhile, there's another group of people that are talking about things that are irrelevant. Different groups. Different minds. But it is according to the quality of your mind. That you will get the results that you want to get in life. So, with your mind and imagination, you can change anything around you. I, 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 this is not just something that I just tell you. Something that I worked out for many years. I lived with my wife and two children 
in a cubicle of a house. Little size bathroom, very tiny. I mean, the roof was, if I have to lift up my hands in the roof, it will cut the, the fan, the ceiling fan will cut my hand. If we were cooking in the kitchen, the whole house is filled with sweat and smoke. It was not a good place to live in at all. But all my imagination at the time, because of the things that I was listening to, and this is what I would advise you, which is why you must go to a Bible-believing church, because what you hear goes a long way to affect what you imagine, goes a long way to affect what you think on, goes a long way to affect everything that your life will become. So, I was just imagining, not imagining the right things. But then, the moment I was able to get changed, the Lord said, son, look at this person, look at this person, begin to listen to them and begin to follow their systems and teachings. And I gradually started to shift my radar. And I was shifting my radar. And I was shifting my radar. And the moment I focused on these people, oh, oh, this thing that they are saying, how come I don't know this since all these years? I've been a Christian. I was born in a very strong Christian home. And I've been a Christian for my childhood. And I gave my life to Christ officially at age 8. And at age 10, I was preaching already on the streets with my friends. At age 10 or 12, I was already preaching in the church, adult church. These are the things that were about my life. And I've been a Christian, yet I didn't know these things that these people are talking about. What kind of Christian am I? And then, I had to first go, this thing that they are saying, is it in the word of God? I searched it. Ah, it's in the word of God though. Ah, why are these people not talking about this sin since? Okay, let me even practice this thing that they are saying. And I practiced it the first time. Bam! See massive results. Here God of Nazareth. Massive results. This small thing that I practice. And I practice another one. Bam! Massive result. My God. And I told myself, for the rest of my life, this is where I'll stay. And then when I stayed. The Lord now says, son, now you are ready. This is what I have created you for. It is in this thing. To preach this thing to the world. That is why I am calling you. All the while, when you are in these other circles, you have not seen who you are. I have not shown you who you are because you were not ready to carry the content of what I wanted to deliver to you. But now you are mature. So you can understand better and do what I want you to do. Oh, Father, thank you. So, with my mind and my imagination, in the same house, I started to use my mind and my imaginations and my speech and my prophecies and my confessions to change my life situation, to change the life of my wife, to change the life of my children, to change everything around me, to change the life of my father, the life of my siblings, the life of my in-laws, the life of people around me, to change it with my words and my imagination. And it began with my mind. These are practical things. So when John was writing and he said, the things that I declare unto you are the things that we have seen, we have heard and we have touched, the things we have handled. That's what I, I can say. That what I am sharing with you are not the things that are just are not theoretical. They are the things that I have practicalized and have seen the manifestations of. And I can tell you categorically that if you can step into doing this, you can think it, imagine it, 
and it is in line with the word of God and you can declare it with your mouth in faith you will see the manifestations it is a principle in the kingdom that can never be broken the Bible says that as long as the earth remained seed, time and harvest will surely happen seed imagination can be your seed seed your confession can be your seed then time can be short time can be long time but then the harvest will surely come after the time to surely come so God has not given us we know that he has not given us the spirit of what fear but he has given us the spirit of what power and of love and of a what sound mind and God has given you sound mind don't corrupt it Use the sound mind he has given you. Use the sound mind. Let's go to Proverbs 4.23. What did the Bible say in Proverbs 4.23? Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart. Keep your mind. Keep your heart. Keep your heart. Keep your mind with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Out of it are the forces of faith. Out of it are the changes of destiny. Keep your heart. Keep your mind with all diligence. This is what God is telling you. It is the instruction is given to you. Son, Daughter, I want you to keep your heart and your mind with all diligence. Why? Because out of your heart are the issues of life. Out of your heart are the things that will change you. Out of your mind are the forces of faith. Keep your heart with all diligence. So, when God shows you a promise, you have the right to produce it through your imagination. So you first see it with your mind. God tells you something. Or you see something in the Bible. Ah, you open the Bible and you see something. Okay, so the story of this brother in our fellowship is not here. Brother David, a kid there. Something striking. Before now, he wanted to hang himself he wanted to commit suicide and he stumbled on my message on, on, on social media and he said that okay before i even die let me call this person and see what he will say about my life and he called me on phone and he said sir please sir i need prayers i said what's the problem he said life has been difficult i had he said i had many houses in lagos in fact in lagos and i had many properties and i had issues with escc and all my house were seized and he said some things, and I was like, God, that's bad. And he said, Sir, as I'm talking to you, life is not worth it anymore. I want to kill myself. And I said, Brother David, talk to yourself. God can change your life. All you need now is to change the paradigm. So I began to speak with him. We began to pray together. We began to share the word together. I began to give him messages. Listen to these messages. Listen to it. And then his mind started changing. His imagination started changing. Before you know it, he started seeing himself getting his properties back, he started seeing himself becoming a big 
man again like he was. He started seeing himself getting a better job. He started seeing himself being who God wants him to be again. And this was the same man that a few months ago wanted to commit suicide. One particular afternoon, he just called. Ah, pastor. I said, what's the problem? Ah, sir, my life has changed. What happened? My property. That property that I was talking about, the government has commanded them to release everything back to me. Ah, my God. And he said something else. Sir, not just that. I now have a job. I said, oh my God, you have a job now? Yes. Where? You see, in, in, in an oil company, they made him the general manager of operations. Wow. God. God changed his story in a short time. Everything changed because his imagination got corrected and moved in the right direction. And everything changed. He started building his faith. And today, there's a very active member of the fellowship. A very strong evangelist sharing the word of God, pushing everything because God has worked for him and is encouraging others. Come and see the same God work for me. So it is very important that when you see a scripture, children shall surround your table, and you need children begin to meditate. Children shall surround my table, children shall surround my table. And if you can see it with your mind, and I told you that in the spiritual realm, you don't see with your physical eyes. You see with the eyes of the spirit. You see with your eyes of faith. You see with your mind. When Elisha and his servant were together, the servant went to draw water. And he came back and said, My master, ah, the army, they surrounded also. Wait! The one that said, Come and show me. And he went to see, and they stand on top of the hill and saw that the arms were surrounded Elisha. And Elisha was like, Oh, I was laughing. Like, if someone was believing at Elisha, like, Dad, are you okay? How can you be saying, Oh, how can you be laughing at this time? See, people are surrounding us and they are laughing. We should be crying by now. And Elisha was like, No. God, first he said, Can you not see? Yes, yes, I can see now. The armies are surrounding us. No, look beyond them. He could not because you don't see in the realm of the spirit with your physical eyes. So the Lord, the Elisha now prayed and said, Lord, open his eyes. That eyes is not physical eyes. That eyes is not ordinary eyes. That is the eyes of his mind. That is the eyes of his faith. That is his eyes of the spirit. And open his eyes that he may see. And the eyes of the lad, the Bible says, was opened. And he saw that the chariots of God were surrounded the armies that came to catch Elisha. More powerful. So, every time God wants to bless you, every time you want to walk in the directions of what God wants you to do, the first point is to see with your mind where you have no seen you can never get to. You can never have what you have not seen yourself have. I know that I am not meant to be here. I know that I am called to preach the gospel in nations of the world. I know. And so I begin to imagine myself. Every time I see myself preaching, I don't see myself preaching to a local audience. I see myself preaching to 
an international delegate where audience from different parts of the world are gathered. I see myself preaching to people of matter, of, of substance in the world. To presidents, to kings. And as I declare now in line with what God has called me to do, the best way to fulfill your vision is to see clearly what your vision should look like and speak it into reality. And that was why I rejected many years ago that I would not have to use five years to succeed in ministry. Like, not material success, but spiritual success and territorial significance. I would not have to use five years to do that. In two years! And I said it in the last service that in two years the world will know that we have been called to preach the gospel of inheritance. Because our goal and our purpose and dream in life is to win how many souls for God? A billion souls, one billion souls. And for us to achieve one billion souls, we have to start quickly, as quickly as possible. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 Are you from verse 14? Are you verse 14? But their minds, okay, let me read from verse 13 so you know. And as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded. For until this day remained the veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away today. But their mind was blinded. So, I thought, mind, blinded. If you know English, what is blinded supposed to be for? Blinded is supposed to be for the eyes, right? But why is the Bible saying their minds were blinded? Why? How can mind be blinded? How? But the Bible is telling us that their minds were blinded. And that's because the mind is what you see with. That future you want to have. That good health. That good husband. That children. That property, that souls you want to win for God, you have to first see it with your mind before you can have it. See it, confess it, declare it by faith, and you would have it. 7 Corinthians 4 4, and you begin to understand better. And it says, But if I got from verse 3, but if our gospel be hid, 2 Corinthians 4 3. It is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. Oh, again, blinded the minds of them which believe not. Why blinded the, uh, the mind? Why not blind the eyes? Because even when you don't believe, it is unbelief. So, where in a church where you go to and faith is not preached, and the people live in unbelief. 
The God of this world is blinding their minds. Can use the pastor. It can use the people there. It can use the people around you to blind your mind so that you don't see who you are supposed to become in God. The God of this world will blind your eyes, will blind your mind. But you refuse, and it is not our portion in the name of Jesus, that our eyes of faith, the eyes of our spirit, that our minds be free to see what we are supposed to become, who we are supposed to become, what we are supposed to be, where we are supposed to reach, what aspects of life God wants us to get to, where he wants us to influence, that we will see and walk in them. And I told you that you must keep your mind seeing what God wants you to see. Why? Because, listen, the extent of your vision and sight in life will determine the limit of your blessing in life. The extent of your sight and your vision will determine the limit of your blessings in life. So everything as far as your eyes can see. And the eyes we are talking about here is not your physical eyes. It is your mind. As far as your eyes can see. It is the mind of your spirit. It is the mind it is the eyes of your spirit, it is the eyes of your faith. That as far as your eyes can see, the Lord told to Abraham, I have given unto you. The Lord told Abraham, as far as your eye can see, son, I have given unto you. And this is the same thing he's saying to us today. That Tosi, Abigail, Mercy, Amanda, all of you, Sunday, as far as your eyes can see, I have given unto you. And I told you that the faith cycle, the faith cycle is what you need to be familiar with. It begins with your mind. And as you begin to imagine it, you are beginning to create the picture. You create that mental picture. You begin to see yourself becoming wealthy. See yourself having children. See yourself driving that car. See yourself living healthy. See yourself getting healed from that disease and sickness. See yourself in the purpose of God. And the moment you can start walking in that line, the next thing for you to do in the cycle of faith is to speak it into reality. Speak it. Cut up her hashtag. If you can see it and speak it, no force of darkness can stop it. If you can see it and speak it, nothing on earth can stop it. If you can imagine to do it, the Bible says from our theme scripture, Genesis 11, that nothing will be restrained from you which you have imagined and spoken to do or see or become. Nothing. And it is our prayer that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That you may begin to see what is the hope of God's calling in your life. And you may begin to walk in the riches. Begin to walk in the inheritance. Begin to walk in the manifestation of your place as a son and daughter of God. The Bible says in the book of Romans 8 that the whole creation waited 
For what? For the manifestations of the sons of God. These people have existed. But until your eyes are open to see who you are, what you are supposed to do, the creation is just like this waiting for you. You are there. The Bible did not say that the earnest creation are waiting for the manifestation for the for the birth of the sons of God. The sons of God have, have already been given birth, so they are there. But they have not manifested because they don't know. And the creation is just looking at you. See, if we had stayed back in Bagada and not have had this intercourse with the world that opened the eyes of our spirit, we would have been there for 50 years and died poor. Not because God is doing something new. Everything God would ever do, he has done already. But until you begin to see it and walk in it you're on your own which is why you need a message you need to be in a circle where they can help you see what God wants you to see for your life anywhere where they teach you to depend on man it's not the will of God your trust your focus in life should entirely be on God no man should be your source. Only God should be your source. Men can be channels. Oh. For many years I lived depending on men as my source. And the more I trusted in men, the more I got defeated in life, I got shattered in life. But all of a sudden I just switched. I'm no longer depending on men. I'm depending on God now. Only God is my source. And everywhere channels 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 god is bringing different channels because he knows that this person is only trusting me as a source then all these other places are opening for him as channels to come until you decide to shift your focus from a man to god and you begin to imagine what god wants you to imagine you will never have the kind of life you're supposed to have on earth and this is why it's important who you listen to, what you listen to, what you discuss. Because it goes a long way to determining how far you go in life and who you will become. It all begins with your mind. See it, speak it, and enjoy the manifestation. Think, speak, manifest. Believe it in your heart, speak it with your mouth, and you would enjoy it. Nothing would be restrained from you which you have imagined to do. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you are blessed. We upload new messages every week to keep you inspired and strengthened in faith. Call us today on 0909-632-5899. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our channel. God bless you.